You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Also, can you believe it? We've made it through an entire season. I can't. I can't believe you listened to it, but you have. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you have. And we have a lot to talk about, as always. A lot of drama to get to. A lot of surprise lipsticks to get to. So let's just jump right into it. As always, I'm Rossi, and I'll go to third base, but I'll never tell. And I am Colin, and who would have thought Thorgy Thor would come back a third time this season and somehow win RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars? Nothing but respect for our winners. <laughs> um, can, first off, can you believe he made it through an entire season? I did. This is better than we did for The Amazing Race. I mean, we had to double up on at least one episode of The Amazing Race, so credit to RuPaul's Drag Race for not being as exhausting as The Amazing Race Season 30. At least they didn't double up episodes, so there wasn't two back-to-back. They spaced them out nicely. Mm-hmm. So you could actually watch it in a reasonable pace. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on this season? And I guess the ending as well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I have... I'm not going to say issues with the ending, but I can see that there's probably going to be some people, even though I don't know this fan base, um, there's probably going to be people complaining. There's people complaining about every season, but there was really only one person I was rooting for this whole season, and I guess it worked out in my favor. Uh, There are a lot of really funny moments. I think for a show like this, I talked about how sometimes some of the challenges just, they don't work or it doesn't feel big enough. I'm particularly not really a fan or I don't really get the uh, the whole um, lip sync thing is the ultimate challenge people have. Um, but all around, I mean, there was nothing about this episode that wasn't enjoyable. It was probably one of the more enjoyable ones I've seen. And uh, I just think I could have done without the less than epic final challenges. You love the lip sync. <laughs> <laughs> they had to make the, their own verse and everything. Oh, so that was they them. Have... I, I wondered about that, whether they had to write the lyrics or it was just performing. I think it was writing as well, so. Oh, I wish I paid more attention to the lyrics now. <laughs> Come on, that was the best part, at least some of them. Uh, but I guess we could start at the beginning and work our way through. So they come back, they have that whole kind of spiel about, um, you know, the final four, the finale, no for having to draw lipsticks. And I love Trixie a little bit when they were like, oh, who did you pick? And then Trixie's like, out of respect for Morgan. <laughs> I'm not going to reveal it, even though it was Morgan. But that will obviously come back. This not deciding to reveal those lipsticks will come back. Mm-hmm. The reoccurring theme. But not much to say at the beginning. Uh, we get the announcement of the final challenge, which is the writing, the singing, and dancing final production number which i'm sure you were thrilled by oh fantastic <laughs> um, and then they have to make their own solo and then rupaul reveals that the people are going to come back and shangela had her great line of just lock the doors who keeps bringing them back and for someone who returned i think shangela would be a little bit more forgiving but based on the outcome maybe not so <laughs> forgiving uh but what were your thoughts kind of before, I guess, we get into the thing? What were you thinking about how this final challenge would go? Because I had kind of low expectations for some reason. Well, 
I, I don't really have much to base it on for you know what a final challenge should be like on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I guess the way they presented it looked very impressive. It really forced them to be able to learn like choreography and all that and present themselves and share the the stage. the The fact that they they sold this as this is going to be the most challenging thing ever. It's all going to be behind the scenes. They said and they're going to film them, but it was all going to be done in one shot. Like this was going to be the hardest thing ever. But like, aren't half the challenges on the show done on a stage where they're all sharing? I mean, that's what these lip sync challenges are at the end of the show. You're sharing the stage with somebody else, and here they're trying to make it like it's a big deal that everybody's going to have to perform, and you're going to have to do it one after the other, and you're going to have to make sure you hit all your moves. It just it didn't sound to me. It sounded more confusing than anything because they're saying it's behind the scenes, but it's going to be more challenging than being on stage. I'm like, how does that actually work? Um, I did like you know some of the talk they had, uh, particularly B- like BB never disappoints. BB, is, well, who would you compare BB to on, on somebody like Survivor? Like I don't know, a Fabio, um, <laughs> somebody who just doesn't really get it, like thinking, oh, I think they're coming back to be our backup dancers. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what they're doing. <laughs> That, that was Why fantastic. Why would Paul make it so dramatic? It was like, whoa, wait a minute, they're coming back. Yeah. It's like, you're a backup dancer. <laughs> like, that would be so undramatic. I, I, I just thought it would have been fantastic, though, if somebody had dropped a line there, because obviously RuPaul sold this as they're going to come back. How did how did RuPaul say it? That, did, did he say they're going to be judging you in any way, or what was the sell to the contestants, or just they're coming back again for something? I think it was to help declare a winner yeah okay i think that's what it was to me that says they are gonna have some say in this and bb saying they're gonna be backup dancers like i just wish somebody there would say apparently bb didn't watch the last segment that he was in (laughs) because not only did bb (laughs) not watch the show anymore but doesn't even pay attention when bb is on screen yeah when when you're actually there yeah bb doesn't pay attention either um, this is quite similar, though, to last All-Stars. They did something quite similar, not to this extent. They just did the uh, singular verse in one song, but it was all on the main stage. So this was a little bit more elaborate, and I got really thrown off when RuPaul was like, it's going to be live, and I'm like, this is all pre-recorded. What do you mean it's going to be live? Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be an actual live, like, I don't know, American Idol live, and it wasn't, and I was really confused and was it really i mean well, i'm sure we'll get to the challenge but was it really even li- like i guess the live part they're talking about because this was all clearly pre-recorded and then they have one cut and then they all come out on stage i'm like the live part of it is probably about the last 30 seconds the rest of it was all done as a take which i'll get to complain about that in a minute but yeah i, I don't know i just thought it was hilarious not only bb not getting it, but also the fact that, and it's going to come up again later, but Shangela making a color purple reference that had nothing to do with Game of Thrones. Like, that must be the first non-Game of Thrones reference we've had from Shangela all season. You know, tried to diversify it a bit. Maybe too little too late, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, we get reunited with Todrick Hall, who was earlier this season... Uh, for the Divas Challenge with, you know, Stevie Nicks and company. I wondered if that was the same guy, yeah. Yeah, it was. And did she, obviously you didn't take that anything new out of this situation. You were just like, oh, some other random guy coming yeah. here to give <laughs> lessons. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the lessons were fun. Um, I liked that probably better than the challenge. I kind of like all the 
practice things better. Like when we could see them having to make their looks or their costumes or, you know, um, practicing for whatever they're going to do or like we had the studio recording stuff last week. Like I liked all that stuff. So I almost wish we'd had a little bit more of that this time. But when you have four people and you've got to eliminate two of them and then you're basically cramming two episodes into one here, I can understand it was basically, okay, let's do the Trixie segment. Let's do the Kennedy segment. Let's do the Shangela segment. Let's do the BB segment. And then you're done with it. But it, it's a fun idea to see behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I like the, I did like the, um, you know, practice stuff. I, although there was a lot that we missed out. And I was thinking to myself when they, when I was watching it, I was like, this took a lot. They had to have been doing this for days. Yeah. There's no way they spent like one three even like two days doing this there's no way mm-hmm. like i could not have memorized that in two days like between the you know the group work at the end plus all their individual stuff and like shangela jumped over somebody it was like no way that that was you know like re- like not rehearsed or like barely touched on because that was so much work I it mean, was so over the top bb's could have been one take if bb got how to move her arms and legs slightly <laughs> a few inches here and there and i thought it was funny that bb got put with the sewing machines even though bb has no idea how to sew oh that's right that was from earlier in the season and i was just like are they trying to do something here <laughs> like what is this obviously they had a lot of the props from the season and one thing you notice if you look at the if you were to rewatch it like it took me a little while to get figure this out but they have all the other people there too mm-hmm. like all the eliminated you could see ben de la creme there and aja and that in the background of the thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a fun little twist. Uh, I don't have much to say other than I thought that the performances were good. I really liked Trixie's verse the most. I think it had a lot of humor. Um, Chandler had always performs high energy. I don't know if you had a lot to say on these performances or not. Well, one more behind the scenes bit that I loved, and I would have loved to use this for my opening line, but I couldn't remember the exact quote. It was when uh, Trixie was sort of checking out the backup dancers the shirtless backup dancers they got and you got that moment it's like please don't put me with this guy here and then they they put him with that guy and the guy comes up and, oh you're gonna be working with trixie and trixie sends hand hi i'm a wonderful person who has a lot to offer <laughs> that's like the the most hilarious awkward pickup line ever uh, but as far as the performance itself i mean i i was kind of impressed i was I missed obviously the part where they had to write their own part. So the lyric stuff they did that all of them did was really good because I was listening to it thinking, well, this sounds like a professional song. It was probably one that RuPaul wrote and wrote for all these people. And they just had to perform it, which made me dislike this challenge more. So knowing they had to write it, I give them a little bit more credit. Uh, who was the first one that went? Cause here's the problem. This, this has nothing to do with my inability to tell these people apart once they go in a costume. Cause they always look slightly different, but I was watching this uh, I was outside walking and it was bright out. So I couldn't see my screen that well. So the only reason I knew who any of these people were was when I saw BB doing almost no movement whatsoever. I'm like, that's obviously BB or Shangela <laughs> dropping the name Shangela. Okay. That's Shangela. I'm assuming the first one was Kennedy. Yeah. Did I see Kennedy do like a backflip at the end of that? Probably. Kennedy can do everything. Yeah. Anything tricky Any, uh, anything that bb can't do kennedy can. <laughs> so you combine bb and kennedy and they're the world's greatest drag racer ever probably i i mean the backflip was impressive i mean shangela obviously owns the performing stuff uh but i do have complaints about shangela which i'll get to a little bit later on 
Uh, but that BB thing was just hilarious because it, it have you ever seen, you, you know, it's an old thing, but uh, like the dance that's basically a person being a robot. We're just like these jerky movements of their arms yeah, and their yeah. body. That's what it looked like BB was doing. Like there was no movement whatsoever. And when they were lifting BB up, it was like, let me extend my knee. Now let me thrust my arm down slightly. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen more stiff, boring choreography. Um, but I mean, everybody, I, I guess with the lyric part, they did deliver on that. So I did like that. But yeah, here's yeah. the other thing. You mentioned this probably took them days or whatever. This is what I didn't, I don't say I have a problem with it because we've had a lot of these challenges, like the one last week where they were doing the uh, the Squirrel Friends drag race movie or whatever, or uh, the Bachelor one where it was filming them and then editing it. That That's fine. But it's the fact that they sort of presented this as like you said, it's all going to be live and this is going to be done in one take. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be done in one shot, but that's not one take. This could have been 29 takes, like you said, over two days. And they just wait until the one where nobody screws up. And then we have that brief cut to the end. So it was more just the way that they sold this that I don't think it was quite as big as they described, but still impressive, I guess. And maybe it's just the illusion of the the one take. And it looks great. If you were to go into this and they didn't say, you know, hey, this is uh, going to be the most difficult thing ever. And I just watched this. If I had not seen any of RuPaul's Drag Race and I just watched this, I'm like, wow, there's some good choreography in here. But you do kind of need the context of, you know, how long did it take to put this together? Was this season filmed in, you know, October of 2017 and this challenge was completed in like January or something? I don't know. Well, I could look that up. No, I don't have a... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's not in my head. Save your strength. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Looking out for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought that it was, I really enjoyed the performance. I don't have any major complaints, really. Like, I thought it was fine. I, BB was definitely the most uncomfortable to watch. But that's BB. Uh, I thought it was a little weird that we got to see all these behind the scenes. I think it was nice to see it. Like, you know, how big is this production? How many rooms do they have? How many, like, spaces? I thought, how many people working on it? Mm-hmm. That was a really cool but kind of bonus to, bonus to see within the set. Uh, and then we get to the final four runway looks, and all I have to say is BB with the freaking lion, <laughs> leopard, animal. I was over it. I love that. <laughs> it made me laugh. That's the thing with BB is that when BB's not trying to be funny, BB is hilarious, and BB's kind of hilarious in the wrong way a lot of times, uh, just yeah. by being clueless. But it looked funny to me, and. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll if you have any others to add on here outside of BB, but I'll just quickly say I, I thought BB's was at least funny. I liked BB. I mean, BB's was the only one that I had a real problem with. Like I just did not. I was just I'm over the 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 you know the set. Like what, we, I expect it. Like it's not a surprise mm-hmm. for me. So I was just like, uh, do something fun. Like Trixie, I did not would not have guessed like that would be what Trixie wore, but mm-hmm. like it was, it was fun. It was different. It was unique. And I'm trying to send you something to show you what Trixie looked like because she looked like a, a movie character. Is it from a movie? I'm gonna know. I hope so. Oh, I'm trying to show you the picture. Oh, 
Go talk on the other things while I find this. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, Trixie's is good. Here's the thing. I, I like the over-the-topness. They kind of made comments, the judges back and forth about, you know, I like that yours was really campy or whatever. And then with Shangela, somebody mentioned it's kind of campy. I'm like, no, it's not really. And this is the complaint I want to say about Shangela. And if there's any reason, like, we should really go back to the beginning of our season here with me saying, how do I judge these people? Like, you walked in a straight line. <laughs> you mouthed the words of the song, and now I'm actually making critical judgments and everything on here. Um, oh, <laughs> is that what Trixie was doing? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I thought. For those who are listening, I should send Colin a picture of the mayor from Zootopia <laughs> or the mayor's assistant from Zootopia. And it was a lamb. And so that's what I see whenever I saw that final look. Everyone was posting it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I could see But that. anyway, go ahead on um, Shangela. Yeah, so... Now that I actually am, you know, a proper critique of uh, drag queens, uh, I can give you my opinion. So everybody kind of got the humor in this and, and the over-the-topness and the fact that it is supposed to be campy. I don't know. Maybe I know nothing about drag queens or maybe just, you know, my preference is, as I said at the beginning of the season, I like the comedy aspect of this, the performance aspect, that these are like stand-up comedians. So you want to make somebody laugh. And I compared it to, you know, probably the great Canadian comedy show of all time, Kids in the Hall, which was like, Canada's Monty Python, Canada's Saturday Night Live, where because you had five male cast members, uh, they just had to dress as women. It was the same thing with Monty Python back in the day. Why did they dress as women on that show? Because they didn't have any women on the show. And, and they would always play it for laughs. So they would make it over the top. With Shangela, I think Shangela looks the most like a woman when you present this, looks the most glamorous. But I don't know if Shangela ever really plays it campy, over the top, or funny enough. And that's the big difference. And I think one of the judges made the comment about Shangela in either this or the performance challenges being almost like Beyonce. And yeah, I honestly believe if Shangela had the ability to sing, I don't know if Shangela really can sing. If Shangela had the ability to sing, Shangela could be a legitimate cross-dressing diva, like somebody who's successful like a Beyonce and taken seriously. But I don't get the humor part. And that's what's weird is because Shangela is very funny as a character I just don't find her funny as the drag queen portion of this. And if there's one reason why maybe I don't think... I, I'm not saying that Shangela should have been either third or fourth place, but why Shangela maybe shouldn't have won is because Shangela isn't really funny and, and doesn't really have a character. It's just a very convincing look as a very glamorous woman. I think Shangela is quite funny, though. I think mm. we got a lot of humor with the, you know, obviously second best in the snatch game this season and then you know the character last week was really funny like there's a lot of humor like gave no got no comments about negativity from the comedy but i, I do see what you're saying in terms of shangela the look you know shangela you know herself is not maybe over the top mm -hmm. as much as maybe the others are and i think you know we got a lot of different things we got maybe you know, Kennedy gave us that great um, party girl from the the Bachelor thing. And, you know, Trixie, although gave us an, an awful RuPaul in the Snatch Game, <laughs> gave us really great characters in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. So I, I can, but I, I also see Trixie, you know, saying things of like, I'm a, a white guy, don't hug me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, hi, I have a lot to offer. Like, <laughs> you know, there's like humor outside of that. And I think... You know, we laugh at BB, but we laugh with 
Kennedy and Trixie, and yeah. I feel like we don't get that much with Shangela. However, there is a really great, you know, for those who are interested, go back and watch Shangela's comedy routine in season three. Hysterical. Yeah, and as a performer, even comedian, Shangela's funny, but it's just the look portion to me, and I, I don't know much about drag queens. All I know is from what I've seen on this show, and I watched the movie Two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, at least once because I love Wesley Snipes. But outside of that, maybe I'm not the best judge, but I kind of prefer these characters like Trixie where you look at them and you know this is a guy pretending to be a woman but doing it with humor. Where Shangela is like, if, if you're squinting your eyes, you're just thinking that's a very glamorous woman. That is like a backup dancer for Beyonce or something. And I don't really get the, the humor portion of Shangela's look. Yeah, not everyone, I guess, is not everyone's like that. I think it's a, a wide array. I think Trixie's kind of the epitome of that campy, you know, humorous kind of attitude. And like so you said, with, with people okay. laughing at BB, too, that was the other thing with BB's uh, leopard or cheetah costume or whatever, where they're like, can you hear me, BB? Can you hear me, BB? And I think legitimately BB couldn't hear them. And it's like, it's a deaf leopard or whatever. <laughs> it's like, it's a great line, but it's not like BB was clued in that they were making fun of BB. That's all, that's all of BB's storyline. <laughs> what did you do or say that was stupid so we can mock it? <laughs> that seems to be the running storyline between the African virgin to the backup dancers to the mm -hmm. deaf, like everything. Um, oh, and I was just going to say, like, there are people that, you know, do, you know, more, you know, more look, convincing look. Like serious. But also are really funny. Like one of the recent like winners was Bob the Drag Queen, who is hysterical, just like a huge comedy person, but d does a little bit more serious looks than say Trixie. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just kind of Trixie is probably like the epitome of comedy in terms of presentation. All right, so now I, at this point we kind of get the drama of the reveal about what the other people are doing here, and they are going to be voting for the top two. Immediate thoughts for me were, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. For some reason, I, I had a feeling that they were going to vote for the winner, and I'm glad that they don't. Mm -hmm. But I feel like maybe it should have been top three. I don't know. I'm still undecided. I'm still trying not to. I'm trying not to think results-oriented because if we're going based on the ending, I'm happy. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. I'm trying to be unbiased in this, and it's hard for me to say that this is the best twist I don't, I don't know what, what your thoughts were, but um, it's hard to say. And again, I don't have as much to compare us to, and you did say this is the first time they've done that, so people are going to be upset no matter what. Uh, but a couple arguments I had as to why this would work, uh, the main reason they're not picking the ultimate person, they are picking a top two. Um, and I guess the biggest argument people have is that there is going to be bias, and you could probably say with Shangela maybe there was some bias although I have a good argument on that when we get to the end too but I think the only way that this works is by them doing what they did last week and I was complaining about why bring somebody back in the second last episode I, I think bringing Morgan back last week or whoever it was they were going to bring back last week now I'm thinking probably had less to do with let's bring a person back um, they probably were going to do that anyways but the timing of doing it in the second last episode that I was critical of last week probably helped to make this a fair decision because if you just brought everybody in and they had their say you would have that bitterness you would have had Thorgy saying no way is Shangela gonna win 
uh, and everything else. But everybody being able to sort of talk it out and get over their bitterness last week meant that they went into this fresh and nobody was going to have maximum amount of anger or bitterness or frustration. Uh, They kind of had the opportunity to get over that. And if they had done it two episodes ago, it may have been different. Three episodes ago would have been different, but just doing it right in the previous episode, it's fresh in everybody's mind. They, they've been able to get over any hard feelings they had, which meant you probably would. I'm not saying it was 100% this way, but the thinking was probably you're going to at least remove the, the maximum amount of bias that you have control over so these people can make a proper decision. Yeah, I I think that that's a, actually a really good point. I hadn't, you know, considered that because now that you say it, it's kind of weird that like Morgan was brought back immediately then to be eliminated, and then now there's like eliminate two. Mm-hmm. So it seems really like drastic. Like I couldn't imagine like trying to think about like the timing of that. But one thing I was thinking about when this happened, and for those who don't like Survivor, I apologize, but. I immediately thought of the final four twist in the most recent season mm-hmm. with the fire making challenge, how that was kind of dropped at the last minute, similar to this. They weren't told beforehand, at least from what I know, they weren't told beforehand about this twist, like survivor. They weren't told beforehand about this twist. And I feel like I got so annoyed at that twist. Cause I thought it was all setting up to have Ben win. And, and I still don't know if I like it. And I actually, I know it. I don't like it, but <laughs> And I'm trying to think if that was, you know, if if Chrissy had won after that twist, would I still be high on it? I don't think I would be. And I'm trying to make comparisons between that twist in the final four to this twist of the final four here. Because I'm trying to not be biased about Trixie because I love Trixie, so it's just hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you wanted to comment on that, but that's just what I was kind of jumping to in terms of like people were saying that you know, it was kind of rigged to let Trixie win or rigged to let someone get eliminated or something like that. And I, that, that's what I thought of. Well, I don't think it was rigged. I mean, decisions like this are... No TV show makes a change in their production decisions with 24 hours to go. I mean, these things have to be mapped out well in advance. So the idea that Survivor or this is like last minute, okay, let's do this so we ensure this winner. I mean, you're also tampering with and There are certain rules you know with a show like the bachelor uh, i talked to jamie about this because there's no cash prize producers can tamper with it all they want you can learn more from that by watching unreal the greatest show on television but um with a show like this one there's a cash prize involved i mean there's so many rules and you know fcc regulations stuff like that that prevent producer tampering that i don't know if anybody's really going to risk it just so that they could get the outcome they want uh, I can see that maybe the final three thing would have been a little bit better. Um, but it's it's hard to know exactly how this even went down because at least on the show itself, I don't think they revealed how these votes were tabulated. Did every person pick two and then they took the two with the most votes? Did you rank them? Your first pick gets this many points. Your second pick gets this many. Uh, it's kind of confusing as to how that decision was made. But when you have that many people all voting... I don't think you could really say it's bias in any sense. The only thing that really would have made this unfair is if the contestants, um, I, I guess if they didn't have that opportunity to get over it, and if you had all these people, if this turned into a Survivor All-Stars, 
where everybody was just taking everything so personally and that, that kind of wrecked the show, that would be different. But this cast as a whole, outside of the Thorgy thing, Thorgy and Shangela, nobody really seemed to take anything personally. So I think it was probably a fair decision all around. And there are probably people out there who are going to say, well, you know, because Shangela presented herself more, not as a villain, but in more of a, a negative light intentionally and maybe didn't know about this going in, it's unfair. But I honestly believe that these people picked the final two they did for a different reason, um, which I'll, I'll just say it now before we get into the next segment. Uh, I think the reason that Kennedy was put in there is because maybe these people believe Shangela deserved to be there, but they all wanted Trixie to win. And you're not going to guarantee a Trixie win, especially if RuPaul's making the final decision, if you put RuPaul against Shangela. If you put RuPaul against Kennedy you know that Ken, uh, the Trixie's going to win. So I, my guess would be that a lot of people made their decision of picking that final two because they wanted to make sure Trixie had the best shot at winning. And it wouldn't have happened if Shangela was there. It's an interesting take. I did not have that sentiment. I felt like, in, ter- in regards to the jury, I thought it was very fair in terms of like, you know, everyone like Thorgy. I said it. I think said it the most was just like, "Hey, just relax. We're, we're we're here to support you. Just just give us honesty and you know, be transparent and whatever, and we'll reward that." And I think that you know they were very calm. They were cool. They weren't upset. They weren't. They didn't seem bitter. They were asking about what does this mean to you? How are you going to win? Like, what does this do for you? And so I th- think it was in terms of that fair. I don't think anyone was overly bitter or anything. And they do have. I will get to the votes because I do have the results about who get voted for whom, Ooh. and how it was all broken down. But I wanted to just quickly add on your comments. Um, so no one was overly bitter. I think everything was fair at this point in time. We got another Game of Thrones reference, which I was very <laughs> much over. I was like, if anything, I'm glad Shangela lost because of those stupid references. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of Kennedy, I think the one thing that you know, because I've never been a major Kennedy fan. I've liked Kennedy. Had a lot of funny bits about uh, the drag maids uh, self cross. What? what? Just have someone else say it. Like that <laughs> stuff was really yeah. funny, and the party girl and the bachelor. That was all the funny stuff, and I liked that. But I really kind of became a fan of Kennedy this episode because, like, I really could see in the way that they kind of at the final tribal council, how Kennedy was really like passionate about winning and like how much that really meant. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Like, I could actually see that Kennedy actually really cared. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main reason that Kennedy was able to sneak in the final two was because everyone really believed, I'm assuming it was as true as well, but really believed that there was this real passion there and real desire to win. And I think that a lot of people were kind of caught up in all these emotions. All right, so I will break down the votes. So what they did, which I didn't realize at the time, I thought they were going to just have two, like as a group, like kind of like a, a literal jury where they kind of go back into the room and come back with the verdict. Like I thought it was going to be that. But it was everyone got two votes. Your first vote got two points. And ah. your second vote got one point. And so just to have a quick breakdown, Aja picked Kennedy first, followed by Trixie. Ben Delacreme picked Kennedy, then Trixie. Chi-Chi picked Kennedy, then Trixie. Milk picked Trixie, then Kennedy. Morgan picked BB, then Kennedy. And Thorgy picked Trixie, then Shangela. So just so as who, a break... Who, who was the last one? 
Dorji picked Trixie, and then Shangela. The only person to pick Shangela in either spot was Thorji? Yes. <laughs> so as a total breakdown, Kennedy got eight points, Trixie got seven, BB got two, and Shangela got one. Wow. And so that's why I said it wasn't really bitter, because the only people that really kind of could have held a grudge for the elimination would be Thorji from Shangela, because that obviously turned into a big deal. And then I thought Milk may hold a grudge against Kennedy, but Milk also picked Kennedy. Mm -hmm. So I honestly don't know. I don't see any sort of grudges holding. No. Like, because maybe, what, Aja didn't pick BB, but I don't know if anyone was really going to pick BB. I'm a little (laughs) shocked that Morgan did. Well. But, like, I don't know. What went? Go ahead. uh, I was just thinking, I mean, and again, a lot of this could be editing, but we had this sort of with, with BB talking over, uh, who was it, a couple of weeks ago about, uh, I really wanted to talk to BB, but BB just sort of talked to me. Oh, that was Aja. Yeah. And and Aja picked BB, did you say? No, that was Morgan. Morgan. Oh, that's why, I'm, this is why you were first voted out twice, Morgan. Come on. Uh, oh, <laughs> but like, everybody made a good pitch for themselves here. And the other reason to realize there's not bitterness is Shangela was kind of yeah, there is no way that I'm going to get votes from these people. I think she even tabulates. Like, I've got zero out of the six people. And I can't remember who it was, but Shangela was saying, I feel like I really earned my spot here. And somebody said, you did. And Shangela actually sort of broke down in tears briefly, just realizing, hey, they're not holding a grudge against me. Um, you know, Kennedy and Trixie definitely made good pitches. For them. I think Shangela did too. BB's pitch, uh, let's take out the whole thing about, uh, oh, I don't want to reveal my vote still. What, what, I'll talk about that first then. How about that? Um, That's the dumbest thing you could possibly say because all these other people did it. So you're basically saying, yeah, you guys had to do this. And I doubt anybody wants, if you ask people on Survivor, okay, you have the choice. You can reveal your vote or not. Nobody's going to reveal their vote. Why would you? So the only reason that this happened is because this was just the standard. We all reveal our votes. So you're basically saying, I'm not going to do what all of you had to do that was uncomfortable for all of you, that at least one person left this show because it was uncomfortable for them, and then says, uh, I don't understand why they don't want to rank me based on my track record. But let's put all that aside. BB went in there, and the very first thing BB said was, with the political climate the way it is today, I think that all-stars need me. That's what the United States has been needing this whole time. You know, forget all these sexual harassments that are going on, and, you know, race wars and all that and uh building walls from mexico let's just bring in a drag queen from cameroon and it's going to solve all of our problems bb was dead serious in saying that well bb is quite the character (laughs) and bb still got more votes than shangela now i'm actually upset welcome to the entire twitter world At least you're not attacking Trixie for winning. Oh, no, not at all. Trixie's amazing. Um, yeah, I was really shocked by the votes. Like, I, I was I was not expecting... I thought it was going to be a Trixie-Changela final two. Like, I thought they were really sticking to this, like, mm-hmm. narrative of the track record. Because we got so much from Ben. Maybe it was just Ben. But Ben this season about the, you know, mathematics of it. And the so I thought strategy. that that was really... <laughs> a storyline that they were selling the entire time. Mm -hmm. And obviously they weren't, because obviously, you know, if it was based on record, Changela would have won. And... Well, Ben DeLaCreme would have won, but... Yeah, obviously, yeah. (laughs) The real winner. 
I mean, the other thing that's, uh, I guess, impressive about this, and this is why I think, I don't know if it was the smartest opinion going in, but maybe why a lot of people got behind Trixie was because when Trixie was asked, you know, who should be there at the end with you, Trixie said, Shangela. Now, that's your biggest competition. If they were to have picked that, chances are Trixie loses this season. Um, but Trixie said, yeah, I think that Shangela should be in the top two here. Uh, it's a risky thing to do, but I could see people probably appreciating that and saying, listen, she's willing to go out there and battle with the best, even though she's probably not going to win, which is another thing that kind of led me to think maybe a lot of these people picked Kennedy as the second one because they wanted Trixie in there. But I mean, it also seems by the the amount of times that Trix, or that Kennedy came up as the first choice for these people, that Kennedy really sold people, which is kind of confused me because... I kind of don't remember much of what Kennedy did in this episode or this whole season for that matter. Like Kennedy's sort of like perpetually in the middle for me. And then when Kennedy pops up, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the other one that I can't remember. Um, so I'm not saying anything against Kennedy. When you go through, this is what Kennedy did. I'm like, okay, I get it now. But Kennedy never really stood out for me. I, I, yeah, I think I was really sold on the final tribal council speech. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other way to call this. So I'm just going to yeah. call it that. <laughs> uh, I think it was just a really strong plea that everyone kind of stopped and was like, yeah, maybe you didn't do the best. Maybe you kind of were in the bottom too many times, but kind of your journey was really important. And I think that's what people were really sold on, this kind of story of where you've come from, where you are now, and how you know successful you are. Because this isn't just like a a holiday it's or a vacation it's like a it's their careers and mm-hmm. so i think it's a little bit different than like who i think who deserves it comes a lot more into play here than you would on like any survivor season yeah and so that's the one reason i think shangela didn't get a lot of votes was because well, i think morgan asked this question but it was like well you were on season two you're on season three why is this the time that we should be rewarding you mm-hmm. And I think there's something like Shangela just said, now I'm a real professional and whatever, whatever. I think the reason Shangela didn't win was because I think Trixie said is the most successful person out of all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, does Shangela really need this to move uh, forward? Was that, and that's, that was, was that, that's what I got. I thought that Kennedy was the one that said that, um, or it may have been they both both may have said something like that, but I remember the one thing I do remember Kennedy saying that I actually disagreed with was talking about, uh, you know, there are people on here who already have the careers made. You should give it to the person who you know can really benefit the most from this. I'm like, is that what this whole show was about? Like, is this going back to the early season of Survivor? Don't vote for the person who played the game best because they don't need the money. So maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm pretty sure that was Kennedy because I remember everybody else was kind of making a point of, well, BB's already won this show. You know, Trixie's made this empire off of nothing. Shangela's had, you know, first, second chances or whatever. So I'm pretty sure it was Kennedy that did say, I need this more than anybody else, so give it to me. And I actually didn't really care for that because if your track record wasn't the best on here, why should you be, especially on an all-star season, and put into the Hall of Fame, uh, why should you be picked based on not having the best track record? I think that was what sold everyone on Kennedy, though, because that was, like, probably the biggest thing. And, I, you know, it makes sense because a lot of them, you know, we got this earlier in the last episode or two episodes ago. You probably zoned out at this point. 
but they were talking about, you know, when people go to meet them, like at band meetings or greets or whatever, and then Kennedy was saying, I'm the person that everyone comes to second. Yeah. You know, everyone's coming to me, like, after everyone else gets to someone, and, like, I'm just the second thought, not the first thought. And I think that kind of comes into play. Like, I feel like out of everyone, Kennedy would probably be the second thought, and I think that everyone kind of was like you are incredible. You do really good things. We, have, we I think it was like, a, we need to reward you a little bit. Even when Paul not... comes to Kennedy second, apparently. <laughs> hey, we, she got a lot farther than we ever thought. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if, if we're looking at track records here and I, I kind of figured, you know, when Ben was talking about, you know, I thought I was going to vote one way, but then uh, Kennedy, you know, kind of swayed my opinion to give Kennedy number one. Ben was the one talking about track records. Kennedy was in the bottom four times in the first seven episodes. Like, that's a terrible track record. But even just to add to that, yeah, I said four times in the bottom in the first seven episodes. Uh, Kennedy was safe in week one. Week two, bottom two. Week three, wins. Week four, bottom three. Week five, safe. Week six, bottom three. Week seven, bottom three. And yeah last week the bottom three could have also been the top three or whatever but that's over the course of six episodes now four times in the bottom and i don't if somebody make i i I don't feel like in any show like this you know survivor can maybe be an exception because there's so much goes on in finale but i don't think in any show like this you can base it just on the last minute performance i think that the final challenges here are almost irrelevant it is about picking whoever is the best overall because these challenges only give you a small glimpse of these people. And with four losses in six episodes, or four, you know, bottom ranks in six episodes, like, I don't know how that person can end up in the top two, regardless of how good their speech may have been, to the people who aren't even deciding the final outcome of the show. Well, I do think... Okay, so I remember what I was going to say. So I do think that the one thing about Kenji that comes into play gonna try and relate it to survivor a bit just because i think it can work we're making more so, survivor <laughs> references on here than shangela makes game of thrones references well, we gotta weigh it out somehow <laughs> but if bb was the person who gets a lot of votes at tribal councils but doesn't go home which is essentially like what happens when you're in the bottom you get the votes but you don't go like i don't think that's a mark against a survivor winner if they get a lot of votes but don't go home they they secured their spot for the next week the next challenge the next day you know it's not a weakness that you know yes it's a weakness that they were in the bottom it's a weakness that they didn't succeed but i don't think it's a horrible mark to have you know done like poorly in some challenges and not be at the end like i don't think it's a fault of you know, Kennedy, like themselves, I don't think it's their own fault. Like, they did their best and they didn't succeed. And, like, theoretically, we could go back and say, you know, Changela should have made a choice and have eliminated Trixie a few weeks ago when, when they had the chance. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but I think that, I think there was a lot more merit in Kennedy, you know, being at the end. Because I think that, because this is not just like a day to like a special competition. It's beyond the competition. So I think that things like who deserves it, the merit. I think like looking a little bit beyond who did the best in these situations is a little bit warranted. 
where you think that it should be just based on how you did in the competition. Not just based on that, but I think it has to factor in more than it did here. No, I just I guess it's a case by case thing. Like you're going to have a different case than maybe someone else, or maybe someone else who is known knows Kennedy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if Bill can vote for Kennedy, I think anyone can vote for Kennedy. <laughs> Go out and vote. Get out Steve and vote. Said, and RuPaul said in the last episode. Uh, did you have anything to say on the the final lip sync or? Do I ever have much to say on the lip sync? <laughs> Unless it's Deborah Cox. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they did what they did. I don't think anything was particularly memorable here. I can remember some things. Like, I think Aja did the splits in one or something like that. Um, you know, we had BB ripping the wig off. I mean, there's memorable moments. There was nothing particularly memorable here. Uh, this is why I say it's kind of irrelevant as for what your performance is in the final episode. Uh, but I mean, nobody tripped and fell. So here I'm back to my judgment of this. Like they walked a straight line. They mouthed the words close <laughs> to the right timing. Uh, congratulations to our winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Okay. So let, now that you, you perfect segue, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the winner, our favorite, Casper's favorite. Yes. <laughs> the one, the only Trixie Mattel. Insert applause here. As much as everyone says that, you know, if it was based on merit, Shangela probably would have won. Shangela wasn't any of the form of the top two. Shangela probably would have won. However, Shangela wasn't in the form of the top two. So we can't deal with that. We have to deal with the top two. And I think all around deserving out of the top two. I love Kennedy and I'm a big, I'm a definitely a much bigger fan than I was coming in, but I so proud. I love Trixie Mattel since day one of season seven. And I'm so happy. As someone who didn't know Trixie in season seven, how do you feel? Uh, well, we can go back to episode one. And I think when they were introducing all the contestants, you were asking me your opinions. I'm um, like, that really scary Barbie character on the roller skates. <laughs> That's something I'll at least remember. And I remember, like you said, Casper. Casper pays no attention to anything uh, unless there's a car in it. Uh, and maybe because Trixie was on wheels, he assumed it was a very elaborate car. Um, he wasn't my, he, he has been known to mistake things for cars. He was at my work the other day and, uh, he saw one of my coworkers shoes under his desk that had big bright green laces and somehow he looks and he goes, a car. But, uh, maybe he thought Trixie was a car or something, but he still looked, he just sort of stopped and just stared. <laughs> it was just hilarious. But I just remember that first episode thinking, I don't know if I like what I'm seeing. I'm probably going to have nightmares of this Trixie, but I'm going to remember it at least. And somebody made a comment about Trixie having a very set brand when they were doing the tribal council or whatever, almost as if that was a bad thing. And um, the way that Trixie, without knowing anything about Trixie, the way that Trixie sold herself or himself, and I still don't know how to refer to it when they're in or out of drag, but uh, just in saying, you know, I took one line of criticism in my first season and I did this and I did this and I did this with it and whether you're the best performer all around or not you're without a doubt the most memorable character and you mentioned before that there are like three action figures that were made or whatever for RuPaul's Drag Race and Trixie's one of them and this was before this season and that kind of says when you look at Trixie you know who it is 
when you look at Shangela, if I you look, you see Beyonce. Exactly. You see, you squint your eyes. You're like, is that Beyonce? <laughs> but five years from now, I'm I'm not gonna rewatch the season or anything. It's not gonna be like Survivor. Come or on, Carlos. Uh, maybe when it goes. Maybe on, we'll get to you that we'll get we'll get you at some point to rewatch it. You know, they did add. I wanted to tell you this. They did add um, RuPaul's Drag Race season eight and season nine onto Netflix Canada. Uh, and Jamie watched the first episode of uh, season eight, I think she said. Uh, so that's the first exposure she had to this show. But obviously this is coming out of Netflix. I'll have to show it to Jamie just so she could see Trixie and uh, see if she has the same reaction or whatever. But uh, yeah, I probably won't rewatch this. But five years from now, if you show me a picture or they have an appearance at you know the big reality event here in Winnipeg, where we have like Tim and Tim from the Amazing Race Canada because they live down the street and Trixie Mattel and Shangela uh, because it's big on Netflix Canada. I may not recognize Shangela. I will recognize Trixie. So Trixie deserves to win if for nothing else, just for being a brand and being recognizable and being something unique. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on real quickly that people were saying that, you know, that there was this storyline, maybe not people on the Twitter sphere, <laughs> But the storyline was that Trixie had such a bad start. Mm-hmm. And then the second half was incredible. Where is this bad start from the first half coming from? Yeah. It was after being safe two weeks, fine. High the next week with the the Bachelor. And then one bottom performance. Like, mm-hmm. what? How is, you know, doing fine and then doing well and then doing one poor performance? Like, how is that bad? I don't know where that story... Like, what? It's it's all based on I think not winning every challenge or not being in the top two. But in all fairness, every other challenge uh, outside of the one BB one uh, was won by either Shangela or Ben, if I remember right. So to, if you're basing on well, you didn't win every week, yeah, but you you were only in the bottom like once or you know maybe twice who cares if you didn't win every single challenge like that's not there, there are chi chi was on the bottom from day one okay uh you can't say the same for trixie trixie was always sort of in, that was trixie's storyline at one point was i'm always in the middle and i just need to do something to break into the top um so i thought quickly since you may not remember everyone but i thought we'd just go through a quick recap of everyone and see what your thoughts were going in maybe kind of where they are now just see how however however how we feel post pre and post All Stars three. Um, so I guess we'll start with the one, the only, the most memorable of the season, Thorshi Thor. <laughs> uh, so it's funny because I'm looking at Wikipedia page now. I guess because Morgan came back, Trixie is now officially ranked as like last place on this show. Thor- Thorgy. Oh yeah, uh, Thorgy uh, ranked last place on the show. Yeah, like Trixie yeah Trixie's the worst. I just finished saying Trixie was never in the bottom. People, Trixie was the worst. Um, yeah, I'm like Thorgy's a pretty memorable character for having appeared in only two episodes. And what's funny here is that I remember bits and pieces of I guess the first five people out. Um, it was only the last few weeks that I really started to clue in as to who all these people are and be able to identify their personalities and all that. And the season's over. Yeah, and then the season ends. But <laughs> what's funny is that I remember everything Thorgy did. And Thorgy was only there for, what, two episodes? And that's what we well, talked about this whole season. I mean, Thorgy was talked three, about more. Or if you count the, for like the like two episodes, 
and then the return episode with the all of the call groups, and then the final episode with the jury. So almost the so, whole season. But almost <laughs> all except for one episode Thorgy was not in, Thorgy was mentioned. So <laughs> Thorgy's still a star of the season. And, and what a weird character. Um, if I have one complaint about Thorgy, uh, it's going to be, if you look at Thorgy out of costume, Thorgy is a weird guy. Like, looks weird, acts weird, has this really eccentric personality, and yet Thorgy in costume never feels... It's kind of the Stevie Nicks thing just all around, is that I don't feel like Thorgy really embraced the weirdness enough. Bring a little bit more of your own personality into it. So, look at me. I'm I'm actually giving proper uh, opinions on people that I remember from early episodes of the season. What happened on this season? I think... I definitely was not a fan of... I wasn't a fan. I, th- I like Thorgy. Thorgy had a lot of personality in Season 8. So if you watch Season 8, you'll see Thorgy. Uh, I definitely liked Thorgy. I was like, fine on Thorgy. I was like, oh, Thorgy's coming back. Not a surprise. But I was like in love with Thorgy after this. You know, all the drama, the the just being so direct and like, BB, like, chill out. We're just here to answer, answer the question. It was just like such a matter of fact this is what i loved about thorgy this season and just giving me more drama than i would ever expect from thorgy thor especially considering when when thorgy left the competition kept kept, kept coming back as like the one person you keep referencing yeah (laughs) maybe thorgy will be referenced next season we'll see Mm -hmm. uh and then next we would have milk I'll just leave it at that. Milk. Milk and BB both came out of this show. Um, I think being hilariously bad characters and maybe some of it's editing or whatever, but I honestly don't remember a single thing Milk did in character or in performance in this, but it's another one where it's like, I remember everything Milk did and said, just the arrogance and all that, but not in like a bad, annoying way, kind of like in endearing way. It's like, it's hilarious how much Milk thinks everybody is behind Milk. That's such an odd phrase. Milk thinks everyone's behind Milk. Well, you know what it reminds me of? I want to say this, I may have even said it last week. I, I made a reference to it last week, but this is in no way a knock against the person because one of the you know greatest friends we have here on the Oz Network, John Carroll. Um, but you remember in Survivor Marquesas um, where John had mentioned uh, Nalea. This was in the Nalea Pasco vote, which nobody looked more arrogant in any episode ever than John. And it may have been editing or who knows. But John said, I think that Pascal and Nalea are really supporting my success in this game. <laughs> and I always thought about that line every time, every time Milk said anything on this show because they all came across that way. But the judges want me here. Exactly, yeah. They need me to continue. It's like... <sighs> I mean, Milk came from an unmemorable... Relatively unmemorable stint on season six. So, it was nice to get more attention on Milk, but just nothing interesting. Really bad performances. Arrogance. Like, I think you put it good about, you know... Was it bad? Just, like, came off looking... Fun to like poke fun at, really. Yeah. Um, and Kennedy's complete like stone cold face to eliminate milk was pretty great. So, um, next we have the most memorable of the season, the most outstanding Chi Chi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chi Chi 
just looking at the stats here. <laughs> That's a poor performance at <laughs> the first start of the season, not what Trixie had. Bottom two, low. Now, how do they rank low versus high? It's just like, you know, if, if you did, if you're low, you're, you did poor, you poorly, you did poorly in the challenge. Oh, right. But you were not in the bottom. Okay. And then high is you were really good in the challenge, but you didn't get the top two. So the best performance Chi-Chi had in four episodes was <laughs> you are not in the best half. <laughs> you were in the lower half. You are just barely outside of the bottom three. Uh, and that's the best Chi-Chi did. Like, Chi-Chi, that kind of became the running gag, too, is that how is Chi-Chi still here? Why did they get rid of Thorgy when Chi-Chi was still here? Why did they get rid of... Uh, Morgan when Chi-Chi is still here. So uh, I don't think I'll remember anything else Chi-Chi's done except for just being incredibly bland in everything this season. Chi-Chi could have been not been in this episode and I wouldn't have noticed because I don't remember if Chi-Chi was on this one. <laughs> Barely at all. <laughs> the least memorable of anyone. This, what this if RuPaul can't... had just, when making the final two judgment, said, all right, so the final two, we have Kennedy and Trixie. And just for old time's sake... We officially want to say, Chi-Chi, you are the bottom one of those sitting on the jury. So we could have just officially said Trixie was low or bottom in every single episode of this season. That's some revisionist history, Colin. <laughs> well, it, it, it was considered we can't remember Chi-Chi, we're going to say Chi-Chi was the bottom in this episode. Probably. Uh, yeah, Chi-Chi came so high, like, had such high hopes for in this season, because Chi-Chi's storyline was that she didn't have a lot of money, so it was harder to make good costumes to, like, you know, look presentable and, you know, perform well, and so we're like, Chi-Chi's gonna come back, gonna be incredible, and Chi-Chi came back and was the opposite of incredible, <laughs> and it was just so sad, because he had such high hopes. <sighs> oh, well, poor Chi-Chi. Um, next we have one of my faves, Aja, who went home with a stupid costume. Ch Ugh. Go ahead. See, you kind of had this thing where you got behind Aja, and I never really got it. Um, I I can remember in each episode being like, yeah, I guess Aja's okay or whatever, but I don't think Aja really stood out for me. Um, the only thing I really have to add on Aja is that nobody laugh at me for saying, should I call... Aja him? Should I call it a her? Because if you read Wikipedia page, and I'm sure it's like this for all of them, I'm just reading Aja's Wikipedia page, they are most well known for competing in season 9 of RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Personal life. Uh, they used to suffer from PTSD. Uh, they were adopted and raised by a single mother. Wikipedia is identifying these drag races as they, so no, no issues if I don't know whether to call it a him or a her. Leave it as Wikipedia says it. And Aja's 23. This is one thing I didn't realize. So Aja's like by far the youngest person on the season. So I guess credit to Aja for being that good of a drag queen at the age of 23. I don't know. Maybe that's impressive or maybe it isn't. Maybe drag queens peak at 22 for all I know. Um, I, I don't know. I love Aja. I came in this season not loving Aja. Didn't think much of it. And then blown away. Episode one. Jumping off the freaking box. <laughs> I loved it. I was sold. <sighs> I was so sad when Aja left, and I thought I was so close. We were so close. Aja could have come back in that freaking Morgan place. We had to get Morgan back for some reason. <sighs> but Aja does not know what needy is. 
Like, you know, we all don't need to know what Nikki <laughs> Thorgy doesn't know what Stevie Nicks is like, but you still like Thorgy. I don't want to hear it. Now we have to talk about the true winner of yeah. All Stars 3. The one, the only, Ben Dillacram, who we've had talked about quite extensively back in the early days. So you have the most knowledge about Ben Dillacram out of anyone. Yes. Oh, you wanted me to uh, tell everybody all my knowledge. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought you were just getting me to confirm that fact. <laughs> no, I yes, mean, I, <laughs> I remember Ben Dillacram from the random episode we did last summer. And uh, when we started this season, I'm like, oh, I know that name. Oh, yeah, I remember this character. Um, I, I mean, every time – there was no point in the season where Ben didn't deserve to be in the top. Was Ben in the bottom at any point? Only safe once. Other than that, was in the top every yeah. single time. Because I don't remember Ben ever doing anything wrong in the show. And it's still – it's so frustrating to me now, just like it was uh, you know, two weeks ago, the fact that – you had this thing won and you just got up and left with like one week to go. All you had to do is tough it over one week. It just seems so weak and so stupid. Um, but I mean, the number one thing I'll remember for Ben all season was the, the snatch game, the Paul Lind, which was probably one of the few shining moments in that snatch game. Uh, just being able to go in and on a drag race show, playing a man and actually have it funnier and seem more relevant to the challenge and what everybody else was doing. That was just amazing. Um, I don't think Ben really needs I don't know I'm not talking about career or anything but I don't think Ben needs this show I mean everybody is probably already saying Ben is the actual all-star winner here but we start to talk about this whole Hall of Fame thing being it's like well you're the winners of season of losers so does that really matter but you tell me like what what is the audience's impression of Ben was it negative after that self-vote out or is it still positive and did they award this fan favorite award that we heard about all year I don't think they do it on the All-Star seasons, so I think it's only a regular season deal because uh, we're already familiar with some of these people, and some of them have already won, mm-hmm. so it's hard to recreate. Some of them have already won? Like, BB has already won? <laughs> no, I mean the, the, the fan favorite award. Oh, okay, some are, Like, Ben you. already came in winning that, so the it's Rupert hard to Bonham rebrand award. someone. Uh, I think it's a bit mixed because a lot of people really like Ben, and everyone's like, oh, the real winner of the season yada 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 but then some people were like okay why'd you quit like that mad at Ben for quitting kind of yeah. stuff like you would probably most be with like regular quitters of any kind of show mm-hmm. so I think that it's a little bit mixed I mean I personally loved Ben so I don't know if I, I mean I'm the secondary voice of the drag queen, <laughs> so, as we know so if you're the primary I'm the secondary so I, I say good positive vibes toward Ben because I loved Ben this and I thought it was crazy that someone could come in and win five, I think it was five challenges in a row. Like that was ridiculous. I would never have expected that. Like I didn't think, I thought Ben would be fine. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Ben was going to be bad, but to come out an incredible, like I will always remember the freaking Julie Andrews, the Cougar, the Paul Lind. What was it? Yeah. The Paul Lind, like, they were just so incredible. And the freaking goth girl, all of it. like The goth girl was... that should not have worked that actually had him win the challenge he voted himself out in. Yeah. So much. At, I'm forever now banning whiteout from any place yeah. that I go. <laughs> if, you're, if there's whiteout in the space, I will go in there. 
Uh, all right, now we're gonna quickly just we'll get this one to be quick. We'll get Morgan McMichaels. Uh, yeah, Francesca. Um, the only thing I can really add, other than just it being one of the worst performances twice, some of being worse the second time than the first time, was uh, just confirm for me: was Morgan the one in this episode who had like the tears of blood running down her face? Tears of what? Well, whoever is, do you have like the 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 looks, the final looks they had for that finale of the jury thing? Go ahead. Yeah, one of them, I, I wasn't sure who it was because I started to get confused on these people again. One of them had, like, tears of blood streaming down their cheek. That I thought, oh, that's kind of oh. clever. That's something funny that Shangela would never do. <laughs> uh, tears of blood? Oh, that was Milk. Milk, okay. Then, no, I remember nothing else about Morgan other than just being terrible as the, the beige swan quacking. <laughs> oh, come on you gotta love that <laughs> funny for the um, wrong reasons yeah Morgan was such a big disappointment this season mm-hmm. I mean especially maybe because it was eliminated maybe we would have gotten more if Morgan was in the competition more than one episode Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was such a disappointment I did love when Morgan came back and they did that runway and freaking RuPaul says Morgan McMichaels in a Scottish accent <laughs> I just loved hearing that. I could listen to that on loop. That was just so great to hear. But yeah, unimpressive. Unmemorable. You know, can't even remember them in the final, like, crowning. So, um, I feel like we've talked enough about the final four, unless you want to yeah. go in depth on them. I, mean, I don't really have anything else to add other than, like I said, I mean, Shangela probably should have been in the top two, but I, I have my own reservation just in that for my personal preference as the voice of drag queens, um, I don't think there was enough comedy or maybe there's a little bit too much taking it seriously with the looks or whatever. BB, what a hilarious character again for all the wrong reasons. But I mean, I, I if, if you had some type of convention or, or these people showed up at comic con here or something like that, I don't think I'd go out of my way, maybe just for the sake of the show, get a picture of them. I wouldn't go out of my way to meet any of these people, except for maybe Trixie, because Trixie's hilarious, and BB, just because, how would you not want to meet BB? Like, BB, guaranteed BB says or does something that's going to make you laugh, and BB doesn't realize BB's being funny. But I can say, on top of that, Colin, you can go. Um, come to us Los Angeles during May 11th, 12th, and 13th for RuPaul's DragCon. Ooh. You can meet all your favorite queens. Trixie Mattel will probably be there. Shangela, Morgan, Bibi, Thorgy. You can meet Thorgy. Oh, okay. Now it's set. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with Bibi. Was such a good character, <laughs> comedic relief, really. Mm-hmm. Like something was happening, and you're looking at Bibi making a stupid comment or something. Like I think there are their backup dancers, like mm-hmm. in the great, in the one of the greatest accents ever. Oh yeah, like. I love the BB accent. It's just so great. Even though BB's a bit bougie, but... Bougie? <laughs> I mean, I've, I became a fan of Kennedy this episode, so not much to say on that. Yeah. Shangela, great performer, great. Really can deliver in terms of performing. Maybe not the best comedically, but really entertaining to watch. Too much of the Game of Thrones, Shangela, tone it down. And obviously, my favorite. Like, completely biased. Love... I'm I'm so happy with this season based on the ending. Sasha didn't win. I'm glad Trixie did. And before we close to um, the rankings, which we will do, not at the end, 
Uh, I wanted to try a new segment. Not a segment. Try this something. A brand new segment for our last episode of the season. The RuPaul Tweet of the Week. No. (laughs) I wanted to see if we could try and maybe like do the top five moments of the season together or something. Ah. See if we can kind of be like concise. It may go go to horrible, but we'll see if we can try it. Do you have anything that stands out? Because I know you remember probably less than I do. Um, yeah, I mean, Dong Gate. <laughs> That's got to be one of them. <laughs> Dong Letter Gate. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the number one is going to be Ben's self-elimination. Yes. Nothing's going to touch that. Uh, what else did we have? Um the uh, the bananas <laughs> was that Trixie with the bananas on uh, the Bachelor? That was I, Ben. I, who was that? Oh yeah, Ben. I ate this one. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite moments of the season. Um, what else do we have? Uh, BB. The it's BB. such a brief yeah BB in general, but yeah that one from last week with it. BB stopped watching this show or whatever after she won. <laughs> that whole segment was so good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else do we have I mean just having all the characters come back I really like that scene last week where they all came back and were able to you know go to war or whatever briefly and then and then all of a sudden the best moment of that of course being um, Milk saying you know I didn't think this was fair it's like no you kind of deserve to go Milk <laughs> the, the bashing segment of Milk yeah I'm trying to think. I love, I mean, any personal top five of mine would include Asha's performance in the very first episode uh-huh. because I loved it so much. Um, obviously, pretty much Ben de la Creme's journey, like self-elimination, but also all the challenge wins would definitely be up there mm-hmm. in some sort of concise way. I don't know how to put that in words, but all of the challenge's performances. I'm trying to think. The, the snatch game for both good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that you've got the great with the Paul in, but then the RuPaul is the... Ooh. I know what you're yeah. going to say. I know what you're going to say. What? Nobody's supposed to be here by Deborah Cox. Oh, Colin, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. Anyway, um... Yeah, I don't know if we didn't really get a top list, but that those are the top moments from both of us. And the uh, we we have to add in there, of course, the the quack quack hiss hiss <laughs> Morgan. Yes, the whole yeah. Plus the the whole um, BB not watching and Kennedy not knowing a meme. You know, this kind of sums up what I think worked about this show for me. This was kind of a weird experiment, and it's fun. It would be fun to go back and listen to our first episode and. See how much I'm struggling to be like, what am I supposed to be judging here? Um, what am I watching? Does any of this make sense to me? Do Who are these people? Was the fact that we get to the end of this season here, and so many of our best moments are just bad moments. So the, you could say, oh, well, I don't like these competition shows or whatever, or I don't like drag queens or whatever, but it's just hilarious to watch some of these people fail, and I think that kind of goes with any reality shows, but it's like American Idol, you know, and I don't know if you ever watch American Idol. The show's back on the air and Jamie and I watched the first two episodes and surprisingly it was much funnier than I thought it would be. But the biggest problem with that show as to why the show fails now is that you don't get bad singers on there anymore. And when there are bad singers, the judges are too nice to them because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And that was sort of the appeal of that show 
that made it become the biggest show on TV was it wasn't about the good singers. People watched for those bad singers. And I kind of think that there's a similarity with this show is that even though obviously there are people who take it very seriously, so much of the great stuff in the show is just about watching the bad. And the Snatch Game this year is a perfect example of that. So don't remind me. <laughs> the Snatch Game was so bad. Anyway. Uh, yeah, before, I guess we gotta rank this episode. We gotta rate it. Buy it, rent it, bin it, Colin. Um... I started the season by saying I wasn't sure if I was going to buy any episodes, and I bought not last week. That one was a bin, but the uh, the previous week, the um, the one where Morgan came back and Ben voted himself out. I bought that one, so I'm going to make it surprisingly enough two out of eight. So 25 percent of this season, I will have bought because I'm going to buy this episode. I thought it was a blast, and I will agree with you. Yeah, I am also going to buy this episode. Maybe a little bit biased on the ending, um, but I think it was, a, I really enjoyed it. I thought that there was, everything was handled well, and I, I don't think, even though I would have liked it to have been a longer episode, I don't think that we could have taken, like, I think it was, like, a perfect length. Like, I, I couldn't, mm-hmm. We couldn't have taken anything out. Like, I think there was no segment that was over the extra long or anything. Maybe and- you wanted more time spent practicing, I guess. Yeah, and you thought this was going to be a double episode. That's the other thing I'll say. Surprisingly, it's not a double episode. This was a regular length episode, and yet it didn't feel like it was either too short or too long, which is another first for me this season. Wow. Well, I guess there was no boring talking segments where it was, you know, in, in the back where never when they're talking strategy, and you were just like, oh, what? But I guess that's it. Did we just finish a whole season of the show? We finished a whole season of a show, uh, and we're going to start a whole season of another show next week, I guess. Gosh. Has it been that long already since RuPaul's Drag Race finished a season? Oh, it's just so hard to believe that we st- we started this little show way back when. Now it's almost it's over. But Drag Race is back on our screens in one week, so there's no time off. Ah. <sighs> I guess that's it, as always. And we should remind people, we are oh. looking for an extra voice to be on the show, an extra contributor, an extra podcaster to join the Oz Network, specifically for RuPaul's Drag Race. So if you watch the show, if you love it, um, if you love us, if you hate us, if you hate Ben and you just want to appear on an episode because Ben's not here, then this is the show for you. Um, all you got to do is message us however you can find us, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Personal emails show up at our door. Call our phones. Rossi's number is insert number here. Rossi, uh, we'll fix that in post production. And let us know if you want to appear on here because we are looking for somebody new. Uh, all you have to do is just message us, and then we'll arrange something. We'll you know, I guess talk to you, find out what your interests are in the show or whatever. Uh, maybe do a quick Skype interview with you, and then we'll see if we can line up somebody to be on the season with us. That's coming up starting next week. Ditto. Yes. Uh, yeah, but always stay tuned to the Oz Network for any great content that may be produced. Survivor content. Survivor season is full full bloom. And other shows are still being recorded and Colin's about to do another movie thing with Ben or someone. Well, we should have two this weekend. It's 
two weeks late, but Jamie and I saw Red Sparrow, and there was a lot of nudity in that, including a full-fledged dong. So Jamie's going to have a lot to say <laughs> as we have to fit it on mm-hmm. here. And then uh, by the end of the weekend, we should be covering Tomb Raider. Uh, we're just waiting on Ben to see that, but I'll be going to see that in the next few hours. So Tomb Raider still to come and lots of dongs in Red Sparrow. Probably not as many dongs in Tomb Raider. And always, always listen to Off the Podium, a spinoff podcast yes. about the Olympics. New episode coming tonight on the Commonwealth Games. Stuff I don't know about, but it's <laughs> sure going to be a good listen. Uh, all right. That's it for us. As always, I'm Rossi, and the queen that has earned their spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame, the champion of All Stars 3, is Trixie Mattel. I thought you were going to say Colin Hilding. Um, my no, name is... you're not the queen, Trixie Mattel. You're <laughs> Colin. Ugh. My name is Colin, and... Not since Thayan Greyjoy was castrated by Ramsay Bolton on Game of Thrones have we heard so much talk about dogs. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.